Well, even Raw last night. I watched all three-hour Raw. I was watching it live. You know, I just kind of thought I got some work to do, and I thought, okay, I'll just have Raw on in the background. And even Monday Night Raw, every once in a while, catches you by surprise. It's not the worst show I've ever seen. There are times when we do get, like, a Raw that's good. Like, we had a whole, like, 30, 40-minute match to start off, which I thought was perfect. We had wrestling. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like, and I even like the way they set it up. They even had, so for those who don't know, or if you're listening in the future, uh, RK Bro, uh, Alpha Academy, Kevin Owens, they even took time to like set up this match that was going to open the show, gave us a little bit of a reason why these guys are fighting. I really enjoyed the the opening of this. And I always talk about the typical Raw opening where it's, I'm coming out here to cut a promo and I'm going to set up the main event tonight. Like that's, that's just how Monday Night Raw works. Like that's the only way Raws exist in reality now is okay. Hey, uh, tonight, like you saw last week on this very show that me and, uh, me and Luke Gallows, we're not getting along brother. And, uh, if it were up to me, I'd fight Luke Gallows here tonight. And then Luke Gallows shows up and it's like, what? And, like that's how every raw begins now and this was a nice change of pace and it seems as though on this road to wrestlemania every wrestling promotion is cooking so i know for you this is a big deal like wrestling is on it's at like a new level that we haven't had in quite some time and it's but honestly everywhere every year isn't this how it is like wrestlemania season everything heats up we're all building to wherever wrestlemania is and then once wrestlemania is over we go into this weird uh t-bar lull uh so like just i'm bracing myself for impact by the way uh where's mace i know t-bar has made a comeback and i know you're mace's friend how come mace isn't involved what's happening why he has been on TV. don't even know why, if he's actually been on main event anymore. I haven't checked main event the past couple of weeks. I've known that T-Bar worked main event and worked fear and a banger a match he even T-Bar said. So again, I don't know what Mace is doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't know. I think Mace is a bigger star or he just looks better. And I hate to agree with you all the time. I think Mace could be like a main guy. He has the build for it. His body's looking good. T-Bar, his name is T-Bar. It's terrible. Mace's name is Mace. That's also terrible. It seems like they're just forgotten about. They're literally the land of misfit toys where it's just sort of, ah, they're here, but we don't really use them or need them. They kind of suck. And all like one or two tweaks, these guys can be stars. Like, I swear. Maybe not Dijak. I think Dijak is perfect where he was, like, as far as NXT guy. And I that was probably his ceiling. But Mace, come on. We're not even scratching the surface. I don't think we're scratching the surface with either of them. What we got to do is since fear is still coming, we know he's going to be coming to raw at some point. So we got to have fear Mahan T bar mace group up together, have them all come to raw and it'd be amazing. Give them a big push. Well, and what's this? And well, that's the other issue is Jinder Mahal Sankey was Shanky and veer. All of that was such a good package together. Put the, Put the Indian who used to be a world champion in front of this group. He has these two giant Indian dudes behind him. Perfect. Go. I would just say go. And for some reason, Vince looks at this and says, no, we got to split that up. We are going to make like we're going to make this Veer guy huge. He's going to be a huge star. And that's no, that's not going to work. It's clearly 
it must it must have been an in the moment decision, right? Like you're they're they're looking at all the pieces on the board, or they he sees a highlight of Veer on main event and goes, "Damn it, that Veer's a star. Get him out of here!" Like that's what it really seems like. Like why? Like where where does this come from, Gino? This has to come from just Vince seeing that Veer can be talented. He has this great charisma this great town that we can tell that he can tell he could see something that we some normal people can't see i've seen veer wrestle he's really good he's still learning but he's really good where he is right now so we have fear he's just seeing that this guy has potential to be the star like austin theory but he has to wait for the right opponent the right moment to strike when the iron is cold so we no one knows that he's coming that he's finally going to show up and it's going to be a big pop for him so the TTS isn't working right now, but uh, Malachi Black, Nathan Weller did say no one likes those fat fucks, PCO or Jonah. Because I watch Sacrifice. You know, I know that we're over here talking WWE. I watched some Impact Wrestling. I finished it today in preparation for our discussion. Uh, not as good as No Surrender. I think the the chat the chat on YouTube and the Ultimate Insiders. I think everyone was kind of split. That became a discussion where people were. I can't believe they had a better event than No Surrender two weeks after No Surrender. And, you know, I think there's a lot of recency bias there. I think No Surrender was shockingly great. Like, such a good show. I think people are overlooking that the main event was Heath versus Moose. And Heath, by the way, we all love Heath, okay? What are you doing? Why are you wearing a black wife, Peter? Why are you? What is this? He. It looked like a garage wrestling show when Heath was out there. Like why Moose, who's in the best shape of his career, who's having an incredible title run as this main villain on the show? Uh, why is his? Uh, why is his challenger Heath? And even if it is, that's fine. Why is Heath showing up incredibly out of shape, Gino? It's because we're we're getting the swerve of this moment. We're like, oh, Heath's going to be the opponent for Moose. But we realized after we got this big moment, this big amount of time that they got, which I was surprised how long it went. It was, Heath actually worked really well because I forgot that Heath also was a good wrestler, singles-wise. <laughs> no, he made me think, oh, he's just a jar, but no, he could actually work. He can wrestle. He's you are so head. you just hate WWE. There's something about a there's a curtain that comes in front of your face when it's in WWE. When it's in a big arena with lots of fans, your brain just goes, "This shit sucks." Because Heath Slater has always he wrestled just as well in Impact as he ever did in WWE. And when I think back to Justin Gabriel, tag team champion Heath Slater, in great shape, wore undies. That Heath it was a lot better than the Heath we get now. He might have been better, but I do like his shape now, kind of, just because he is a little bit jacked more than he was then, because then he kind of looked like a cruiserweight guy, because we, even though we didn't have a cruiserweight division at the time for sure. some reason. No, I agree. It was weird to me that we didn't, but it's, again, the cruiserweight division now is dead, which is sad again, but again, see it. Again, but no, I, I, was, I, I would like to agree with you on that. I do notice that, yeah, maybe he's trying to look more like a heavyweight now, but... Even if you're gonna do that, lose the wife beater, you piece of shit. Take it off. Yeah. Like it just made it, it made him look really low budget. And you know, you you look at other big guys where they just like JBL. 2004 JBL was not in shape like a world champion. He didn't have a body like you'd watch Raw and Triple H would come out here looking incredible, steroids or whatever, growth hormone or whatever. At least he looked like you'd see that guy and go, holy shit. JBL didn't have that. He was you know he's a tall guy. And he had, you know, he was big, but he also had, you know, some flab and, 
You know, I would watch it and people would kind of poke fun at how he's out of shape and he would have incredible matches. I don't care what anybody says. JBL bangers all throughout 04 and 05. So, uh, but even with Heath, the, the tights looked indie. Like everything about him just was so indie for some reason. Like why? Why? It, it really put a damper on impact because it does feel like we just had W. Morrissey who's in great shape doing some of the best work of his career. Earlier in the show... We had Jake something have an amazing match, and he has an amazing look. And the headliner was this guy who's out of shape, who was a bigger star somewhere else. And I don't know. It just it just it doesn't feel like Impact was trying for that main event. Well, I think it's because they knew what they were doing this for. This is all the setup for the swerve we got at the absolute end of the show, which I was excited for and I knew was going to happen, but it was big. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is it a swerve? Like, you knew it. Like, I didn't know it, but you I thought it was not a work, but I knew it was a work. And even when I saw it, it wasn't like, dude, this is incredible. Like, I still kind of was like, all right. Like, we all kind of thought that. But we let, get the contract. let's go. Let's let's run through it since we're talking about it here. I know we got yes. some AEW revolution. Uh, I know we got some, some WWE stuff. We got Dolph Ziggler from tonight's NXT. So a lot of stuff happened. Now, I did watch. The Impact Wrestling Sacrifice pre-show. I, I I just hit play on the YouTube feed. It was only three hours and 15 minutes. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe there's not a pre-show. There was a pre-show, Gino, but it was great. Now, Giselle Shaw, is it, what's her gimmick? Like, I'm the, t- the total diva or something? The quintessential diva. She's the quintessential diva. She's not very good. So this match wasn't very good. Now, Lady Frost, though, is she's pretty awesome. She... She was doing some moves that I feel like they don't let her do in NWA. Like, NWA is, no, 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 this is Southern wrestling. Okay? You you work a hold, and then you keep that hold on. You don't you don't let go of that hold. But in Impact, they're like, do a 450. We don't give a shit. She, she looked really good in this match. So I was confused why I haven't seen more Lady, Lady Frost. Um, but Giselle Shaw, is she somebody? How do you know her? Is she from something else? I think she's worked a couple indies that I was watching at the time and I've seen her before, but she's it's not that bad. She was able to sell. She worked really well with Lady Frost, but Lady Frost is a really talented worker as well. She had a match, like I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago for the Champ Champ Challenge, and she had a really good match with Deanna. Okay, yeah, see, I don't remember. And by the way, poor Deanna. Uh, okay, let's let's. so this show opens with match of the night. They They did it wrong. Oh, you're missing one more match. Oh, that's right. From the pre-show. Also, Rich Swan and Willie Mack beat the OGKs. This was a weird, a weird decision. I know it's impact, so Rich Swan must pose, but we're losing the OGK lost already. Yeah, it made no sense to me either that there was only one person from the OG from the Honor No More group that won. No one else won. It was just one person. Yeah, not it, a tag team, not the, the monster, just their new guy well, who was it, an impact guy. And I guess Jonah, uh, to to PCO's defense, Jonah still doesn't seem like an impact guy. I feel like he is he's like in purgatory right now. Like he he's not really there full time. I'm not sure. Maybe he is, but it seems like him losing that Josh Alexander match. I thought for sure meant. Oh, he's just here for a cup of coffee. This isn't long-term storytelling. They're going to do something with him later. Like That's what it seems like. I, I'm not sure. So, yeah, it was strange. For the pre-show, this doesn't matter. It's not main card. 
for Willie Mack and Rich Swan to get this victory, I guess it makes it seem a little bit more like a fair fight. Like, no, we win matches too. Like, but yeah, if you're Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, this is your isn't this their tag team debut? <laughs> like, I believe it was normal tag team. Yeah, they had the eight like ten man tag. So technically, this is their first ever two on two tag for Honor No More and. Honor no more yeah, like most re- the the most recent uh, Ring of Honor tag champs, you know, you know the the former champs, they have a match. Here we are at Impact, and they lose. So very strange booking. When I watched this, I I had the like all I could think in my head was Rich Swan must pose. Like that was what the booking mindset was. Oh, it's on the pre-show. We got to get the fans who are subscribers on on you know Impact Plus. We got to give them something to be happy about. Or if we put this on YouTube, people are going to be happy to see Rich Swan get a big win uh, on to open the show. So then the actual main card. Good God, Gino! I've been saying this for a while. Jake, something is in the wrong position. He's not an X Division guy. He is ready to. He he should have fought Moose on this card, and this match proved it. These guys tore the house down. I'm not being hyperbolic. To anyone who watches wrestling, if you like wrestling, watch this match. The story these guys tell is so brilliant. It's way beyond what I expect from either one of them. Like, way beyond. Like, I know Jake something is good. I've seen Trey Miguel have some good matches. I've also seen Trey Miguel have some pretty bad matches or just lack something. There's a reason why he didn't go to WWE. This match was so good, Gino. I was very, very surprised. And, like, dude, it was so great. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? I We're both knowing that this was an amazing match that people should watch because it's not just them telling the simple story of big man, little man. This right. is more than that that they tell in this match because you would think, oh, Jake's up and big dude, Trey got a little guy. That's kids. all they're going to tell. No. This is such an amazing match to start off the show, which is always how they should do. Is an X Vision match, whether it be singles, triple threat, four way, ultimate X. It's perfect in every single match, the very first match of the card. Well, thank you. I have grit for the stay safe spell. I, I was confused because Matt Striker is no longer with the company. He would have been furious because you know you know his favorite part was now our championship portion of the evening begins. Tonight, screw that. First match, title match. And such a great opener, very fast pace. It was, and it was the perfect, like we're saying, it's not just big man versus little man. It's also champion who he says he'll take on all challengers. Jake, something who says like, I need to win a championship to prove that I'm worthy of being in impact wrestling. And then for him to lose. And then dude, Jake, something's leaving impact. So it did have like so many things going into it. And when I found out Jake something actually left Impact, it made this match even better because it does feel like a swan song. Like why? Well, and why? If you're Impact, why is Jake something not getting a huge deal? What? What's wrong with Impact Wrestling? Do they just not know that they should sign some of these guys? You see what they're doing here? They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They're making you want him to come back so that way you realize you're being worked to make you think, oh, he's gone. He's coming right back, man. It's just like a short period of time. He's getting a break. Then they're going to sign him right back like Josh Alexander. Just like just like Brian Cage, just like Austin Aries, just like Johnny Nitro. This Everyone's is coming back. Just like Ty of Valkyrie. This is just a quick uh, 180 spin. And they're going to be right back. Don't worry about any of that. So nobody has ever left Impact. 
Kira Hogan and gone on to somewhere else and never, ever came back. Havoc Nevaeh. So, okay, Tasha Steele's interview, blah, blah, blah. Rhino and Wait, Eddie. One left. Havoc's still there. What's that? Who's there? Havoc is still there. Nevaeh is the only one left. You're saying Havoc. Oh, that's Havoc. right. Havoc is still there. That's right. She's on Twitch. Hey. Okay. Yeah, Decay. Awesome. So Rhino and Eddie Edwards, this match was not very good. Now, it confirmed what everything I don't like about Eddie Edwards. Him as a heel is – he's not – come on, Eddie. If he was in shape and looked like American Wolves Eddie Edwards and was like a wrestling machine, like Davey Richards. If he was Davey Richards, this would make so much sense. But he just is like this – the reason why he's the heart and soul of Impact is because he looks like an ECW guy. He's like a, he's like a fat – not even fat. He's just a not in shape. I swing a kendo stick and wear a vest and I wrestle in high top Nikes. He's just not a He's this generation's Tommy dream. I was rooting so hard for Rhino. Maybe that's their idea is, Oh, well you guys already hated Eddie Edwards. So let's make him a heel. But I knew Eddie wasn't, I knew Rhino wasn't going to win. And then when Macklin came out, was that not the most predictable? Like once he came out, I, I, and I realized he wasn't with Rhino in the beginning of the match. I even thought, like, where the fuck's Macklin? And then once he came out, I thought, oh, he's going to cost Rhino the match. This is stupid. Yes, but he's costing Rhino the match because these Impact guys thought he would turn their back on the Impact when he never would. Macklin didn't decide, you know what, these people don't trust me. Fuck all. <laughs> so I'm going to turn my back on Impact. <laughs> no, turn their back on the people who thought he would turn his back on Impact. <laughs> he's not going on it no more. He's just saying, fuck kids. these guys who thought I was a liar. Thank you, Cassidy, for the stay safe. I do love Spliff Master in the chat. What a shitty Tommy Dreamer. Like, yes, Eddie Edwards is like the modern-day Dreamer. It's like, oh, it kind of bums me out a little bit. Yes, when his brother, his tag team boy, his man is doing well in MLW, and that's all he's doing because MLW, I guess, has him under contract. Yeah, that's a great idea for MLW because they were just like Impact. Guys would come in there, uh, MJF, and you know use that as a launching pad, and then, you know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to go do something else way better long term. So it makes sense. If you're one of these indie shows, you got to realize this forbidden door shit is causing a lot of people to realize, oh, you know what? I should work somewhere else. And it's like, ooh, I don't know about this. So let's move. So, I, yeah, I didn't like that match. Uh, I would just make that clear. I didn't like the Rhino and Eddie match. Whenever Rhino's the, in a singles, you know he's losing for impact. It's not like they're pushing Rhino at this point. So if it would have been Eddie versus Rich Swan, I might have cared a little bit. But the fact that they had Rhino announced as Oh, he's, he's rep- we need Josh Matthews. He's representing Impact Wrestling. And that would have been great, but unfortunately it didn't. And how many times is Matthew Raywalt and Tom Hannafin, how many times are they going to almost say superstars? It's just ingrained in their brain. They still hear Vince in their head. Like even uh, Tom Hannafin talked to Renee when they were when they were talking on her show. He mentioned like he could still hear Vince in his head. So he, they, he almost says these things because it's just so ingrained because you do it every like three times a week sometimes oh yeah every week for years well and these guys used to work together on 205 live so every like there was multiple times during this match where i think it was ray wild who said these two these wrestlers like he had to keep catching himself like he was just gonna say at that point just call them superstars who gives a shit impact wrestling superstars because the word wrestling still part of that so Gino, moving on to this next, moving on to the championship portion of our evening, uh, the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay, who both look like snacks. Gino, How, were you were you touch a mania eleven during this? 
And I was just enjoying the wrestling, the storytelling that these four women were telling with Caleb with the K. And then, oh my gosh, then the influence came out. Were you touching her in their entrance? No, I was just enjoying that Caleb Conley has this big push, and he's finally with champions. A big push, yeah. A he big push. He came out at the end like for a second. So, yes, uh, a shocker. I think everybody was a little surprised by this. But as I, as you and I had talked in the Discord, because uh, this was the only spoiler that I saw for the event, was that the Influence won. It makes sense. They're kind of the only two two teams and you're having rebellion coming up. You might as well book kind of something for that. And they're probably going to go triple threat or fatal four way. Cause you know, havoc and, and, uh, and Rosemary are probably going to be involved. Tasha and Savannah are probably not going to be involved because, uh, now we got a new champion, uh, in Tasha Steele. spoiler alert, but I thought this match was okay. I thought the story they were telling was awesome. I liked Caleb coming out and throwing the belt between her legs. Cause it was even, who was he trying to help? Like it created a little suspense, even though we all kind of knew what he was doing. So I really enjoyed this. I thought it was good storytelling and it makes the inspiration. They're, they're baby faces. Cause when they come out, they're kind of heels. Like you look at them. It, it's like Jim Cornette says, she's like two hot women like that. They can't be baby faces. And yes, they like, it was cool to see that finish because it makes you feel bad for the inspiration. But also, like, no, you guys are being heel. Everyone's kind of heelish in this. And they all—they always will be, even though like the inspiration may go to like their goofy babyface role, but still have some realism to their character since they are going to want to go after those tag titles and get a rematch. But saying that we will have decay, we will have maybe people debuting for the women's division that could help boost them as tag team for Rebellion. Because I do have a feeling of somebody that's going to show up for the. Triple A title at Rebellion. Is that is she defending that for sure on that card, or is she is there anything else in between now and 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 Triple A? There might be a few other people that'll show up like before Rebellion, but I would have to assume we're gonna have Ty and Diana at Rebellion. Could be, yeah, that could be what we're yeah, because it makes sense for Ty to win that belt back. It seems like Tasha isn't gonna be wrestling Diana uh, at the pay per view. Uh, We'll, but we'll get into that. So Brian Myers gets put through a table by Morris, or almost did, right? Myers managed to escape, and then some security guard got put through the table. So we're clearly keeps escaping from the chokes. We're clearly building to six sides of steel at Rebellion. Clearly, so can't wait for that at Rebellion. Now your main event. This is this match was for you, PCO, your hero, Pierre Carl Alouette, taking on Jonah, my favorite wrestler. And so I'm watching this and now I'm knowing you're loving this. Like this is a Gino match, two meaty men slapping meat. Uh, why? So I, I know PCO is what? 50 Jonah 50. And I know, I know you were not happy with staying burying dudes at revolution. PCO yes. kind of buried Jonah in this match because as PCO sets up for any move, whenever he's like climbing a turnbuckle or trying to set something up. He is the slowest fucking guy in the world of professional wrestling. It rem- I was going to message you PCO's doing his Mercedes Martinez impression where in the story and in the context of this match of this fight, he's just moving too slow for the moment. And I know he's old. I know he's at 50 something, but that makes Jonah look like shit when he's laying there waiting to get splashed. Just like, okay, I'm ready, buddy. You get it done. You do it. Now, obviously, Jonah looked like a monster at the very end, but 
There was moments where he would do something to PCO. PCO would Hulk up and PCO up. And I just thought no one gives a shit. Now, the crowd was going apeshit. So I'm clearly in the wrong. This guy sucks, but everybody loves him. And this match really. Now, at the end, Jonah does look like a monster. But PCO sucks, dude. This was not fun to watch. Listen, you see, you're a part of the very small minority that thinks PCO sucks. The small we minority. And that PCO is really good. He's old, and this is all his character. He's doing character work by Goetzel because he's like Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein's monster doesn't run. Have you ever seen Frankenstein's monster jump? No, he does dives. He throws himself. <laughs> He is all about character work. PCO, the character is not human anymore. But Jonas, is Jonas' character as the top dog, I'm going to lay here and wait for you to do stuff to me? Hey, PCO, I know you need to get your shit in, so I'm going to look like a slow fuck while you worry about, okay, I got to do my dive right here. I got to do my swanton right here. We realize you need to understand PCO because he's a monster. His body is not normal anymore either. So when he does something, a big strike or a big slam, it does even more damage to Jonah. So he has to like stay down even longer because of how much more impact PCO was doing because of his augmented body. Yes. Oh, clearly. Because even there were moments where he was kind of just a man and he would take bumps sometimes and it would be, oh, he is like a monster. But he didn't do it the entire time. You talk about character work. The whole time he's not that character. And when he took the tomb or when he took the pile driver on the steps, that was awesome. Uh, when he took the power bomb off the steps, that was awesome. But it almost felt like Jonah was finally fed up at this shit. Like, okay, you know what? Fuck you. I'm gonna win. And here's the moves that are that are people are gonna remember. Because even the dive, the PCO flipping uh, Tope Suicida Mamma Mia. Like at first I thought, wow, that was impressive. But then they show the replay. I'm like, Jonah's just watching all of this shit happen, waiting for this fucking guy to build up the courage to dive through the ropes. Like it was very, very hard to watch for me. I understand why Vince hates this guy. I understand why he hasn't really been relevant in wrestling until this moment. So yes, you and your ring of honor people, the majority of wrestling fans, I suppose. That's why ring of honor is uh, being bought out by a bigger company. Yes, I agree, Gino. PCO got it done. He got over in a big way. Uh, no, Jonah, I, I, I think Jonah's sticking around. I know I keep saying I don't think he's here long term. His Black Taru victory, which was a squash match, this PCO match, which was actually pretty competitive, he might be here for the long haul, right? Yeah, that's what I feel, man. This is going to be long-term with Jonah. I kept thinking, like, okay, this might be short-term. He's going to work New Japan, but since – that the impact is working with New Japan. New Japan's strong. He could do everything. He could do both. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of that forbidden door is really, really wide open and impact much more so than it was in AEW because it also feels like there's a little bit more of a fair share and it feels like guys, if they're over an impact, they're not going to be buried in New Japan and vice versa. So, uh, speaking of being buried, Alex Shelley. No, I was kidding. This match was great. Uh, I know the I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that they had like a, a storyline before this, like that he had Jay White had lived with Alex Shelley. Just as bright and just as talented. Oh, as Randy as Orton spell. Thank you so much, Spliff Master. Yeah, I didn't realize that uh, Jay White had moved to America and lived with Alex Shelley, and it was nice to see Alex Shelley back in an Impact ring. I hope we get some Motor City Machine Gun stuff out of this. Hopefully, that's. Uh, that's why VBD won the belts tonight. So VBD and Motor City Machine Guns can fight at Rebellion. And uh, the G.O.D. and the Good Brothers will have their rematch at Rebellion with title lists. 
So this was a fun match. There was no suspense on who was going to win. But as far as, hey, we need to bring in a legend to put over Jay White, this was the perfect call, right? It was. And again, it's close to 20 minutes long this match was, and it didn't feel like it was long at all. It was an amazing contest with two very capable in a sense, juniors, but actual heavyweights, that is Alex Shelley and Jay White. Yeah, it's funny hearing you say twenty like twenty minute match. It really doesn't seem like that. It's and even if you told me the Trey Miguel, I, I don't even know how long that match was. Like when a match is good and there's a flow and a pace, you you tend to not notice. When matches like you know, uh, like Seth Rollins and Triple H or twenty seven minutes at WrestleMania, you can kind of start to feel like, okay, hey, this is a little long, guys. Like some matches don't pull it off very well, and then there's others like like these ones, and uh, I would even say like uh, Daniel Bryan versus Hangman. I didn't notice we were getting into our Broadway territory and until it was off, like, oh, okay. Like it took me a long time before I had to like realize, oh, they're doing an hour long draw. Like it wasn't until maybe 45 minutes into the match where I thought, oh, they're doing a draw. Okay, this is a great match. So. Uh, Jay White with a big win. I thought that was great. Now, dude, what happened to Deanna Parazzo? What happened? Why is it because we gave her Diva of the Year? She can't have a good match anymore. This this wasn't a bad match. Chelsea <laughs> Green and her had a good back and forth contest. I felt this was storytelling because this is setting up for possibility of Mickey James as well getting involved with Chelsea and Deanna. We're gonna see what's gonna happen. To our rebellion, I do hope it's Ty and Deanna since Ty's whole thing at the last AAA big event is that she won number one contenders match for that title, but she hadn't shown up in Impact yet, so who knows when that'll happen. But this match, I thought it was fine. It didn't go on too long because they wanted to give the next match even more time. So I thought it was good well, storytelling. And, and they do the Chelsea hand injury, which, of course, she, she left WWE because of her hand injury. She's had hand injuries like throughout her career like that's kind of her gimmick she's got like a plate in her arm now like it's been several bone breaks have really hindered her career but dude i mean th so my favorite part of this match is actually part of the next match because i do enjoy hey i'm selling an injury mickey goes out to tend to her tasha comes out and says no fuck you let's fight right now our match is now i love that as part of a story because now mickey's head is like oh my god i don't know what i'm gonna do how come for a hand injury, Gino, it takes 15 minutes into the next match for Chelsea to be escorted to the back? Like, they really made sure with her hand. Can you imagine if we had, like, a different match on next? She would just be sitting there on the apron while Heath and Moose were having a match? Like, wasn't that the silliest bullshit where she's still out there getting her hand looked at? She had to milk the crowd. She had to milk the moment. She didn't know how else to do it, so she wanted to do it in the moment during this match to make people think, oh, she's going to cost Mickey. She's going to cost Tasha. She's doing this whole thing to fake it, and we realize it's not fake. <laughs> Is that what you thought? Work. I didn't think that at all. I thought they're keeping her at ringside so Mickey has, like, an excuse. Like, I was distracted. My friend's hurt. Don't forget about my friend hurt at ringside. I'm going to lose this match. But, like, as the babyface, I need to have a scapegoat. And this time my goat is Chelsea Green. So that's all I could think this whole time was. Why are they not taking her to the back? And then, <laughs> when, like, when uh, Tasha's, like, beating up Chelsea or whatever, the doctors, like, they do one of these, like, hey, do your thing. Like, they just back up. Like, it would be so easy to go, back up! 
get back. Like, it'd be so easy to keep this 5'3 chick who weighs 89 pounds away from her. But she walks up and she's, like, kind of mad. And you're like, sorry, you do what you got to do. It's because they understand that if Tasha Steeles is doing this and they try to stop her, they're going to get fucked up by Savannah Evans. <laughs> this whole, so like that first women's match, which let me down, it wasn't very good. I liked, I liked the idea of a match being stopped because of an injury. I think that makes Deanna look strong, even though she looked awful in that ring gear. What happened, Gino? Stop caring about looks. It's about wrestling. It's, it's affecting her work. In the ring. She's the people don't matter. It could be any two people. She's they have turning the same into PCO. She's turning into PCO. She's working slower. It's affecting her in a negative way. Like athletes are in shape. You don't watch LeBron James and go, oh, fucking fat. Like, no, he's always in shape. Tiana's making wrestling look bad by just getting slow, bigger, faster, and faster. And it's affecting the work. It's taking away from her being at her top, top the top of her game. It might be. That's why we got. No, see it's definitely. Time. I feel we're going to see in months from now, you're going to finally change. She realize you know what? She's great. She's still. No, amazing. she was amazing last year. She had one of the best years in wrestling history and True. she lost that title. And I don't know if it's because Steve Macklin proposed to her or something, but she's definitely changing. Her body looks different. Her attitude towards the business is changing. And she, I, I, I rewatched this match. It was not good. And even Chelsea's work was really good. She's trying. You could tell Chelsea's in it for the long haul. And the, it's, it goes into this next match. And I was so happy to see Tasha get the win. By the way, the crucifix bomb might be the dumbest move in wrestling. Can we talk about a move where you like are trying to, you're already on somebody's back and they're using their own strength to hold you up. And now you're going to use fake momentum to throw them back. And what happened in this match was exactly what would happen in real life. Mickey just fell and smashed Tasha, but Tasha had to like roll at the last minute. Like, no, I got the move. Don't worry, you guys. I did land it perfectly. Terrible. Yeah, Mickey didn't understand how to sell the crucifix box. No, no, it no. It can be done well. It can be done perfectly. Again, Tasha just needs momentum, like you mentioned. <laughs> it's if fake she momentum. Does it perfectly with the momentum of you running or them running as well, you can then roll into it and she can do the crucifix bomb. The crucifix bomb itself is really good. It's a fake physics move is what I'm trying to say. Like physics, when you're already on somebody's back, they're already going to be likely falling backwards. So when you try and spin forward, which you can't do, and then fling back, it's just not how – if we were playing with coils and springs, yes, this would be a great move. This is wrestling. It's supposed to be fighting. There's no – just roll the person up. Let's not try and – if you're like, yeah, I kind of like you're saying, if you run up from behind and like hook an arm and then start throwing them and then slam them, maybe, but you don't jump on the back, hook the arm, hook both arms, and then fling back. I know it looks cool when guys sell it well, but that's all on the guy taking the move. So it's not like, oh, she did it wrong. No, the movie is just stupid. It relies too much on fake physics, and I hate it. So new uh champion, Tasha, awesome. I don't mind the fake fits. I could suspend disbelief if the story is told well before the match to that finish. I enjoy the crucifix bomb because, again, depending on the person taking it, they can go immediately right up to their fucking head and look like they're fucking dead. Good brothers with Chris yes. Bay. Violent by design. EY, did EY get hurt during this match? Towards the end, he did a pile driver on the stage to Luke Gallows, which looked awesome. 
and he like limped back to the ring holding his groin. Did he did he legit get hurt? Have we has Sean Ross Sapp sent out some tweets yet? I have not heard anything about if EY got hurt during this match, but I it was really good work if it wasn't a real injury. I thought EY was hurt too, but it was a great match. We got to see Joe Doring and Luke Gallows face off again, which is always great. The two big men always face This is face. good brothers at the top of their game. Like I've, I give them a lot of shit because it does seem like they just went to impact because they didn't want to try hard. And this was a really good match, and it was a good tag team match. There was good tag team psychology. Joe Doring is the perfect example of a guy when he showed up. I thought, what a fucking waste. Like, why Why is this the guy they're bragging about signing? And now he's one of my favorites. I think he's amazing. Even Diener. Even Diener at ringside. I was like, remember you were Cody Diener and you were married to ODB? Do you remember that? Like, all that stuff is so in the hinds- in the in the rear view. And I love the storyline that VBD is telling almost independently. Like, we understand the Bullet Club's here and they have all this tradition and lineage. Violent by Design, I love that they're kind of like, we're not going to be forgotten either. Like, we're important. We're not just kind of a flash in the pan, thrown together thing for Impact Wrestling. It's, I don't know, it's romantic in a lot of ways. But this was a great match. It really was the story again that you were saying that they were telling without having to be told because the real story was that Fab by Design is also trying to prove that they are something still. They weren't just being used by the Good Brothers to inject that lethal dose of violence into Bullet Club because see, they were betrayed and they finally proved themselves to be their own people again and be violence. And well, be able to win the tag titles. And yeah, and I guess I never realized this. Like, they kicked out Rhino. Like, I knew that. But even Hannafin brought up that Rhino is the one who got pinned last time. And now Rhino is not part of this group. He was never violent by design. They only used him because of the Call Your Shot trophy. Like, it's so many layers and wrestling so fake and bullshit. But it was so awesome. They, the way they tied the entire world of Impact Wrestling together. I'm surprised they didn't bring up Eric Young being the beer-drinking champion. That's how many layers to this thing they had. So if there was no Trey Miguel match on this card, this would have been match of the night. I, I've been giving the Good Brothers so much shit, and this one was like, okay, I get it. I get it again. Uh, watching Callos take that pile driver on the stage really was, like we talk about oh shit moments. That was a real oh shit moment for me. I did not expect to see that. So that was a real. this was a really fun match. And I think, like I said, I think it leads to VBD can now fight the Motor City Machine Guns or whoever uh, at Rebellion. Meanwhile, we still need to finish up Gorillas of Destiny versus uh, the Good Brothers. Or maybe it's going to be a a Bullet Club versus G.O.D. and somebody else. But uh, I think we're setting up for something pretty nice going into Rebellion. And then, uh, first of all, uh, uh, what's his name? Santino Morello on commentary. What was this? I, isn't it so weird that his voice was a work in WWE? Yes, it's. I mean, I'm used to it because I've heard him like talk without his voice before. Like WWE, like network stuff, he talks and like he understands, explains his character. So I'm like, it's fine. I don't mind it. Like, but hearing him with Tom Hannafin with fucking Matthew Raywall was amazing to hear him again. Finally, well, being in another promotion. I heard him on. These. I heard him on Talk as Jericho many years ago, and he was he did the voice the whole time. So I don't know this voice very very well. Like even when he was talking to Heath backstage, I thought, "Who is that?" And then later on, I realized that was Santino. So what an amazing reveal! What a twist! Shock of the night. 
Uh, that guy backstage with Heath was Santino, Gino. Who knew? Also, how annoying is it that on a pay-per-view where you're getting a title match, you have to have a backstage promo where you say, I don't really believe in myself. Like, that was really weird for them to do with Heath. Well, it's because we need these types of moments. We need, like, these realistic moments for these characters. Like, with Sam Beal, he doesn't believe in himself, and he got cut. We're going to realize that Heath Slater is similar to Sam Beal. He doesn't believe in himself <laughs> enough to be champion, so he's going to get cut, too. Yeah, I, hey, I'm with that. I think after this match, Heath could be cut. Now, the match was fine. I didn't think Heath was ever going to win. Heath looked out of shape and was wearing a tank top. It was just very low budget. And you know how I am, Gino. You know, you're always like, don't stop caring if people are fat. It's not about them being fat. It's about them taking their job seriously. Look at Moose. Moose takes this shit seriously. This isn't some song and dance that Moose does on his free time. This is his life. And watching him in this match, it was like clear as day. Moose is on another planet. Moose can work Lesnar at this point. Like, I'm ready for that. Like I, I remember Royal Rumble. People were like, "Moose will be in the Rumble." I didn't want him in the Rumble. I was like, "Why would a world champion be in the Rumble? World champions don't Rumble." And this was a perfect showcase for Moose. It was a great squash match. Heath Slater really let me down, dude. Yes, it was a great twelve-minute squash match. You know, it was an amazing squash from one-sided match. Heath got some offense in, but not enough for a moose who really takes it seriously, who is the best world champion in any promotion right now. Moose is the man. <laughs> you, uh, mm. <laughs> yes, so, Moose always talks shit about Roman. He's just a bitch who's scared to fight Moose. He doesn't the even real know who football player is Moose. Moose. He doesn't even know who Moose is. I bet that's probably exactly. If I was Roman, that's my promo. Who's Moose? What's Moose? He's fighting Brock at Mania. He's got bigger fish to fry. Moose isn't even top six champion, I think, at this point. Dolph Ziggler, baby. NXT champion. So before we move completely away from Impact Wrestling, Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander showed up, hit the pile driver. He made it clear when he was in Toronto. Gino, did you know that Anthem's office was in Toronto? I did not know they were in Toronto, but yes, we now realize that he may got a contract from Anthem that he's back and he's going to get this next title match at the next Impact Live Premium Live event slash Ultimate Insiders event. Well, no, this is a pay-per-view. Rebellion's pay-per-view, isn't it? Oh, it's is actually it? Rebellion is the next one? Yeah, Re- Rebellion's. Well, yeah, well, no, they have a WrestleMania thing, but that's not going to be a title match. They said Rebellion. No, okay, yeah. it's Rebellion. So that's the first show Rebellion made of it. That's yeah, at Impact Wrestling, they're doing the multiverse, and they're going to have yes, uh, multiverse. They're going to have brothers versus the Briscoes. Yeah, dude. Like I just saw your face. I've never seen you excited about it. It's either. so. It's, it's. I love the Briscoes. No, no, no. They're but so I just good. saw your reaction live, and it's like, wow, Gino is really excited for this. Like this is his thing. I hate that AEW's never used them, and we we might get them now with fucking FTR Briscoes at. Can, can I like ask why do you why do you think AEW is not using them? Don't you think that the Briscoes don't want to go there? They want to get paid. They want to fuck up FTR with all the shit they've been saying on Twitter. I would assume. I don't know if that's at work anymore. I think that's actually shoot. Like Eddie Kingston's hate for Claudio is probably shoot. If he wanted to go to, if they wanted to just make money, they would have signed those WWE contracts ten years ago. Like I think, I think the Briscoes legit don't don't like the politics of WWE. They don't like the politics of certain places. I think they fit in well in a GCW. I think they would fit in well with Impact. I think those those companies are obviously on a different level. 
it just I don't think at all that it's AEW's fault. I'm pretty sure Tony Khan's like, here's a blank check. Come wrestle a tag match. And they're like, no, nah, we're going to control our narratives. Remember remember how awesome Jay Briscoe's promo was when he's like, EC3, you talk about controlling your narrative? We've been controlling our narrative for 19 years. Don't you remember that storyline? Yes, yeah, so that was a main storyline. And this, again, whether it be work or shoot storyline, that FTR and the Briscoes are doing have been great as well. The whole video promos that Briscoes have been doing and the one video promo that FTR did because they're all cowards. That well, yeah. I mean, and also they work for the major company where they're they're involved in actual stuff. Where Tony's probably like, dude, can you guys like not do that? Like, we're not going to pay that off. So can you not do that? Sure. Well, it's to get mad at as the it happened in ROH. They did have to face up. They had to beat done. We never got a payoff from that. Well, get mad at the, the Briscoes for that. It's the I think you're looking at the wrong place. I really think. 100% it's the Briscoe's fault. If they wanted to work there, they would work there. We've seen them in GCW. We're now going to see them in Impact. They do not want to work for AEW. It's clear. So that's why hopefully with Ring of Honor being bought up by Tony Khan, we're going to see it. That's my hope. <laughs> we're going to force them. We're going to force them to join AEW. Now. We're going to force the match to happen. I'm just fucking wanting to brute force this match in some way because it's an amazing idea that we've been setting up for on intentionally for months i have since to, the fucking last r show i need to dive into your head you know you use that word amazing you use the word great for gringo loco versus ninja mac now yes i'm like just i'm perplexed because words have meanings and i know sometimes we're being hyperbolic we're talking about wrestling uh but when you said a great match gringo loco versus ninja mac that's like if i hit you up and i said dude mad cat moss one-on-one -on -one, with let me just think of somebody one-on-one -on -one with gable it's gonna be great is it a great match or can't we just say it's a match I think that wouldn't be a great match that match you just said no i think it'll be you fun great match as as i was saying it yeah i was like damn it these are bad examples i need like yes. this orlando jordan versus uh, who's bad? I can't think of bad wrestlers at this time. See, because they're everyone's good. So no yeah, so there's anymore. no bad matches over here. So here's my question though: great match? It's like if Gangrel had a match with D'Lo Brown. Is that a great match? This that would be a great ten minute working match. We're gonna have these two wrestlers have a clinic. But what I'm saying with Gringo Loco and Ninja Mac. We're going to have some amazing spots. We're amazing. amazing I'm going to be there live. That's it. I'm going to be there live. I'm going to be excited every moment because Gringo Loco, I'm becoming more and more a fan of. Look, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan of his too. I like Ricardo is trying to drown me with these hydrate spells. Look, I agree. I like Gringo Loco, but I would never, ever say it. Like, great kids are just as bright and just as great powerful. matches. You don't think Gringo would have a great match. I think you don't great, think he would fight anyone have a good match. No, I don't match. think so. I think that gr the term great Four match just should be just resolved for right great kids. matches. Like, like Mox versus Daniel Bryan, great match. The Rock versus Austin, great match. It feels rude to call some of these matches great right matches because they're not. Well, here's the thing, then. We got to do the right terminology. This can, this. We got to see, like, what... Even, like, to me, I don't entirely know what I see in this my, like, scale from, like, great to amazing to awesome to perfection, since there are very few perfect matches out there, and that being, like, Rock Hogan. And that mainly is because the crowd... Sure, yeah. Well, Rock Hogan was great, and Rock Austin's great, too. 
But so you're saying just great. I'm saying perfect. The perfection matches Rock Hogan. No, that I don't think the there's. Okay, well, wrestling. even so, I would put those on the same level. I think that you can have a decent match. Like there's there's matches that are decent. I think Gringo Loco is capable of a decent match. Uh, there's other, you know, the term stinker. I've thrown that around a popcorn match. Like there's several kinds of matches, but great should be reserved for upper tier stuff. We shouldn't just throw that word around like, oh, it was, you know, it was good. You know, like when somebody says something's good, like Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins, that whole title feud, that was, that was good or decent. That wasn't great. Like, I just, I, I don't know if I can give Ninja Mac anything where I can say great. I don't know if I can do that for Gringo Loco either. Like they're good, they're fine. It's not anything that's gonna wow. It doesn't wow people. It doesn't wow me. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe what we should have is Gringo Loco versus Shane Mercer. That would be more of a great match. I think that would be decent. I'm gonna throw the decent tag. I saw Blood Hunter. I saw Blood Hunter versus Carlito. Okay, I've seen great matches. So I don't know. Maybe you just need to watch some more because the term great like what'd you think of uh cm punk mjf i thought that was great i thought that was the match of the weekend i said yeah right trey miguel i would say cm punk versus mjf was definitely match of that card because i was i aew revolution let's get into that real quick before we go and aew revolution was on sunday night it was after i watched this one live Watched it uh, in the uh, the rezone. What an amazing time! All of my friends were there. We were we were loving the show. B two was loving it way too much. I don't think it was this great. He like wasn't in the chat at all. Then he hopped in at one point to go. I love this company. Like he was th- he was jerking off during this thing. I was annoyed in the beginning. Like I thought we were we were missing some big some big moments here. Uh, and I think everyone. I, I think a lot of people were sharing my sentiments was this is an okay show so far, but if I could, if I could be honest, when Wardlow wins this ladder match, that's kind of a, it was kind of a dull. And didn't they advertise there was a seventh person and then they never delivered on that. There was the possibly the seventh person that was going to be Scorpio sky, but Tony Khan made a deal with Scorpio sky for him to get the title match instead on Wednesday night and also decide page fans in. So that was the whole thing Tony Khan was being is that Scorpio mm. was going to be the seventh guy, but no more. Wow. He gets to have the title match instead this week. Was that on Rampage or was that on, when was that? The announcement was on Tony Khan's Twitter. He explained that oh there was going to be a seventh man. And so, but Scorpio Sky did make a deal with Tony Khan that he instead gets the title match. Instead of having to do a ladder match and Paige Van Zandt's going to sign with it. And Kevin was so right to call it out because we all thought the same thing. Wardlow empties the ring and does like a big, like he's like Roman Reigns. Ooh, ah! Then you're thinking he's going to grab a ladder and win this fucking match. And then he gets out of the ring and just starts kicking people. And it made no sense. It was late enough in the match to where he should have just won the damn thing. So very off-putting, very weird. We have a match with Keith Lee in it, Powerhouse Hobbs, and I know the Wardlow storyline. This is kind of where it was leading to, but that moment and the whole the subsequent match after that spot didn't make a lot of sense. I, I, whatever. So that match. You don't understand the psychology. Here's the problem: people aren't realize this. When you're in the middle of a moment like this, where you take out all these guys 
and you think you could go for it, but your emotions are so ahead, your adrenaline is pumping to just make sure you take out these big men who are going to ruin your chance because you could tell they're getting up to their knees. They're not staying down for long. So he has to kick them. He has to stop them. He has to keep them down. <laughs> and he realizes when they're getting close to the announce table, this is my chance. I will throw them off of this fucking stage through this giant table and get my chance to win the fucking ring to be a champion. I love when you start talking because, like, sometimes you sound very serious. I'm like, is he going to be it serious? It makes sense. You don't need to understand the storytelling. No. It made sense. No, more, the story. wanted to make sure the big men were dead. He told the story. You know, he hit it. He did. Ooh, ah, that's the story. Wardlow conquered it. That was that keep. Wardlow oh, conquered it. And then he should have. And then even, hey, even so, in the moment, emotions, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to win this gold ring above my head. So set the ladder up and win it. It doesn't make any sense. And then, oh, hey, I agree. Let's get outside the ring and do some damage. Don't stomp. Don't wrestle stomp people. Pick up a ladder. Chuck it out there. Get some John Cena duct tape. Tape them up. Do something. It was like like you talk about storytelling. No, the story was I just took everyone out of the ring. He had a big spot to get everyone out. This is the story. Not get up and do some more damage with Powerhouse Hobbs. Like, what the fuck? So, Powerhouse Hobbs and Keithley were going to be a problem, and he knew this because they were getting <laughs> up already. And he'd been that's watching tape. Fucking close on little fucking jump wasn't going to do shit to him. He understood. He's played WWE games before. He understands. You have to make so, you sure know, this was terrible. Like, I got to stop you. This was, that was, it was stupid. So by that logic, nobody should ever go for like a pinfall. It's like, I need to do more damage. It's like, no, this is where you win a ladder match. And look, I know it's ladder. I know it's wrestling. So you have to take, you step up one rung and then look down and look around and then you look at the crowd. Should I keep climbing? Like, I get that it takes forever to climb a ladder in wrestling matches, but just climb up the ladder quick and grab the fucking ring and get out of there. If you want to talk about what makes sense, just get the fucking ring. Get the ring. That's all that matters. So that kind of was off-putting. Cargill versus Ty Conti. Uh, that was a match. That happened. Uh, what did you think? I didn't think that was very good. I, I loved watching uh, Jade come out. She looked awesome. She looked unbelievably roll-tied. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of just a whatever match, right? It was a fine match. I do feel that Ty should be doing more. We should maybe have a women's tag title instead of this TBS title because I want to see more of like AJ and Ty because that street fight they had in that one rampage, I loved so much. Yeah. They beat up Buddy and Penelope. Yeah, that was actually pretty fun. It, it, it does seem odd to because with the women's tag, you can get more, uh, you could get more people involved. And instead, it does seem, it does feel as though this. TBS title is the we're training Jade Cargill title. She just needs to have a belt to keep having matches. But you know when she came out and she was wearing what she was wearing, did you start touching? No, oh, I was just like, which version of Jade is this supposed to be? MK Eleven Three? Which version oh. is she trying to look like? She's trying to look like Reptile, but way fucking hotter. I was right. losing my shit, dude. I couldn't believe it. Ico even in the chat was losing her mind as well. So it was fantastic. What an entrance. The match should have ended there. Uh, and then uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. That had a lot of shenanigans. They're building to something there. But 
it, it, the women's matches weren't very good. And, and you even said in the chat, like after that CM Punk MJF match, we were trying to figure out like, okay, what's the popcorn match? Like what's going to calm us all down? Like we just witnessed the greatest match in wrestling history, MJF CM Punk. We need to take a breath. And I was like, well, obviously you put that meaningless six man tag bullshit right here. And you were saying it's either the women's match or the six man tag. And I go, no, there's no way the women will be next. And then out comes the women. And I thought, what a bad spot to put these two in. The crowd's going to be gassed. Why are we doing this? And I think you even put in the chat, like, AEW doesn't give a shit about the women. And uh, during Women's Herstory Month as well, what a weird time to put that match out there. Now, they gave them 17 minutes. But this, what, do you remember any spot? I remember Rebel and Jamie Hayter getting involved a lot, and that uh, Britt tapped out, but the referee didn't see it because of Jamie Hayter somehow distracting the ref from the outside, not even on the apron. I remember seeing Thunder Rosa when she comes out. I always think that is like the she is so roll tied, but then when I look at it on Instagram, I'm like maybe she's not as roll tied as I thought. So that was all I could think about. And then when Britt came out, I thought, oh my gosh, she's unbelievably roll tied. And Jamie Hayter, I was like, everyone tells me she's roll tied, but is she roll tied? So during this boring ass women's match, my toxic masculinity kicked in. And all I could think about was who else is touching during this? See, with me, I was just wondering the end of the story they're trying to tell in the ring. I can kind of follow it, but I'm still wondering what are they doing with Mercedes Martinez? Because they're kind of <laughs> having her on the same side as Thunder Rosa, but she doesn't come out to help her. She just thinks Thunder Rosa could do this on her own, but she wasn't able to. So. What are they doing now with the story with Thunder and I don't Mercedes? Think, and I think Mercedes was like a kind of a one-off tag match thing. She also fought Thunder Rosa like three weeks ago, so I thought that was weird that they were like buddies now. Uh, Tyler Spida touched her in that match, so I don't know, Gino. You could tell us. Tyler told us. I told you. I don't. I just was enjoying the wrestling. I was trying to focus on what was happening, and I sadly I couldn't because there was just too much people distracting. We couldn't really focus on the wrestling. We didn't really get a lot of wrestling because we had just too much stuff going on with Rebel and Jamie. I mean, that's all part and of the story. I would say that Rebel is probably the most attractive person in that entire match. Well, and I also love that you were like, whoa, where's Mercedes? Like, you were like, there's too many people involved in this thing. Where's Mercedes? And one more, at least for the story. It made <laughs> sense if we put Mercedes in there, too, if we want to care about the story, tell them they're trying to tell. What was the story? The story that that Mercedes isn't part of the story other than Thunder needs a tag partner. Like, that's all it really no, it was. It was because, like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend because, in case you forgot, Britt Baker, Thunderosa. I had Burt Baker, uh, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel turned on Mercedes because they had <laughs> her sensei, the guy from Karate Kid, told her, no mercy, take her out. And they took out Mercedes. That's why we have them teaming up now is to take out Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. I don't think Rebel. we're doing any long-term story shit with Mercedes Martinez. I don't think they like sure. her. I think you're the only one that likes her at this point. I'm, I might be the only person who likes DOG bad. If we could train her to pin people quicker, if we could just work on that, like, hey, James Storm told whoever, when somebody's shoulders are on the mat, you get on them as quick as you can to win this match. She the just same says, time she's trying to sell that she's been hurt too, so it's slow because she's hurt and she wants to still cover for the pin. So she's been, she's, hey, she's been selling great then for 30 years. Great, good for yes, her. She's just like Matt Jackson when he was selling his back because that the fucking. <laughs> she's who was just it? like that. No. Yes, I remember like the years that he was selling his back after just one match because the Wrestling Observer, whoever said they can't sell 
Yeah, so well, he just spent years telling his back. Was it the Observer? I thought it was like Cornette was saying, like podcast. Am I corner something? Like a lot of people were saying, "Oh, the Young Bucks don't sell," so Matt's just selling his back every match. Because when they left, like Impact the first time, everybody hated him, and then it became like a meme. Oh, they just threw a bunch of shit. There's no selling, and then he had a back injury for yeah, like six months. I remember that. I yeah. watched wrestling too, Gino. It's think- almost like yeah, they came into AEW when he still had the back injury. I think. No, his back was cleared by then. He got cleared by Doctor uh-huh. James Andrews. Uh, you didn't like Sting. So the, the six man tag nonsense, I really enjoyed that. It was just a brawl. I didn't realize it was tornado. Uh, Texas tornado, dude, that was fucking fire, bro. Uh, Sting went through a bunch of tables. Everybody in the chat was like, Oh, he needs a bunch of tables. That was awesome. He's like 60. What an amazing match. You know, Sting rules. Uh, I'm drinking this water. I like that you were. You were upset in the group chat because you were saying, hey, they buried Butcher and Blade. I got news, Chino. They have the same value that they had beforehand. It isn't the same value. This old man, Sting, is able to beat up multiple men by himself. It's Matt Hardy, Andrade, Butcher and Blade were all there on the outside in the crowd with Sting. And Sting's able to just back and forth stop everyone. Yeah. Until it's just him. It makes no sense. Sting's star power as a legend should not be enough to stop four men. Yeah, four. Doesn't he's not a man. He's Sting, and like you you said, he buried Butcher and Blade. What? Like let's let's do video game. What was their video game rating before Revolution? I would say eighty. The eighty in each. I go eighty for the tag team. Yes, the tag team total eighty. No, no, no. Give them individual ratings because clearly the Butcher is like a seventy-two, and Blade is like a seventy-four. Nope. If we gotta go with that, Blade is seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Yeah. You like Blade Bra- Braxton a lot. Braxton Sutter was great. I love Braxton. Yeah, Bra- Sutter. Braxton always. Sutter. But once you get older, you start to lose a little bit. Like Braxton Sutter. I, don't, I think he wins a little bit more. I think he's a little bit better than Braxton because Braxton was a perfect starting point for me. I think he's just grown better. The Butcher, I would probably say seventy-six. I dude, Braxton Sutter Blade is not good. Like he's not. Like he's got a great body, but it's they don't use him well anyway. As far as he's put, being pushed as a top star, it's not like he was treated in TNA when he came out wearing a beanie, and they were like, "This guy's a big deal." And me and everyone else who didn't watch Green Rope TNA was like, "What the fuck is this? Why is this guy being given any time on the microphone?" And yeah, he's he's a seventy four, Butcher is a seventy two, and after getting beat up by Sting. Uh, their rating is still 74 and 72. They're not big players, Gino. It should be. That's thing. We need to care about the tag division, but we can't because Young Bucks want just their best friends in there and have them be the top guys, and everyone else is just jobbing in the tag division. F- tag team doesn't matter to the Young Bucks. Oh, my gosh. There's like a 1,000 tag teams on the show. There's too Don't many care about them. Which one? Bobby Fish. That's a tag team. Bobby, Bobby Fish, Fish and his friend. Riley, yeah, we have Jurassic Express won the belt. They, they were kept the belts. FTR they still important. Santana and Ortiz. There's like 90 better FTR tag Ortiz teams. Ortiz not been in tag with the fucking main picture in, ever. Yeah, but they're still better than I'm us. Saying in the main picture, the main picture is always the same. They will add one tag team, but we'll always keep the other tag teams there. And then that one tag team we add will remove that base. But what do you what do you mean picture. the main picture then? Because like because Young Bucks, FDR, uh, Lucha Express, Lucha, what 
Lucha Bros, but now they're gone for right now because of injury and Jurassic Express. But we, we have just like had four teams that we always keep within. Okay, that Gino, title Gino we just had two nights, two weeks in a row of battle royals and Royal Rumbles with tag teams. Like all of the tag teams are. Co- we already knew how the story was going to be. The acclaimed, ones. the acclaimed are, are involved. Like it's there's tag just because they're not always the champion. That's like me saying like. They don't use Seth Rollins right. He hasn't had a title match since day one. Like, dude, he's they're always around the picture anyway, even if they're not in the the main picture, like the one match on the card. Like, what would you want to do? Just have a 13-team tag match for the belts? Like, no, this is how we do it. This is how wrestling has always worked. Look at the WWE. There's guys like Street Profits where I forget they're on the show, and they just kind of pop out, and you're like, oh, yeah, Street Profits. They want smoke. And like at least in AEW, your varsity blondes can have a feud with somebody on dark. They're, everyone's constantly involved. So I think their tag division is by far it's way, honestly, it's too important. It's even when Jurassic Express came out, I thought already? I thought this shit would be last. That's how much they love their tag division. Well, so it's because the young bucks want to do all their shit so that way anyone else after has to try to follow them and not do the same shit. You know they, they like ha- their shit in now, get the crowd popping so fucking much so it makes it harder for the next match. But you know they have like no booking power anymore, right? You know it's all TK. Like that's already yeah. that's been said like, as well. And now you're yeah. saying it like a bad thing. Like it, I don't get this with you because you tell me Gringo Loco is great. The 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 Jacksons or whatever their names are are just two better versions of Gringo Loco. So I don't get where you're coming from with great match or, oh, get their shit in. Like, clearly, and you were just defending Matt Jackson with the back injury bullshit. So the like, I don't know what your problem is with the Young Bucks whenever I like them or whenever. We need to just, he needs to bring, they need to work better. That's it. We need to have them sell again. He needs to have back injury. No, this was a great tag match. It was it was really good. I was very surprised by the ending. Uh, everything about it, except Kyle O'Reilly. I think Kevin kind of opened my eyes. That cool Kyle kind of sucks. It was very shocking. He wasn't very good in this match. Bobby Fish rules. I'm sorry. Bobby Fish is like my favorite wrestler, I think. But everything else in this was fantastic. And, yeah, don't worry, Gino. The Butcher and the Blade are going to be fine. They're they're just as high as they once were. Sorry Janela and Sonny Kiss didn't work out as a tag team. But – this company focuses way too much on tag teams. It's kind of nice that because uh, even you look at all the singles matches that we did have on the show. There was a lot. By the time we got to Cole and Paige, I thought, what are these guys going to do? Like, what are they going to do that's better than MJF and CM Punk? What are they going to do that's better than Moxley and, and Brian Danielson? Like, what are they going to do that's better than Kingston and Jericho? It really – and. <laughs> I kind of agree with Kevin a little bit too. Adam Cole felt out of place in this. Like it seems like they both did. Yeah, they both felt out of place. I love Hangman Page, but Adam Cole losing to Orange Cassidy in the biggest match since coming to AEW. Like that's his biggest feud, at least that he had one on one. And then to have the and then when they brought up his like record eleven and zero, even that's like not that many matches. Like for, for him to be number one and getting the shot. Uh, really was was strange. The match I thought was good, but I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't gangbusters. It really wasn't. That's the thing. I think the entire show exposed that Hangman and Adam Cole are not as good as we think they are. Well, we he- have all these amazing, talented guys like Brian Danielson, like Moxley, like Punk, like MJF, like Eddie, like even Jericho still is. We have all these guys, and they're able to have all these great matches that should be main eventers, 
and the main event is Hangman, who is an insecure champion who can't even talk and act like a real champion Whoa. and look like a real champion, and Adam Cole, who, after leaving NXT, has not been able to do anything to make him feel like himself anymore. He doesn't feel and look like Adam Cole. I think, so I don't have any issues with Hangman as champ. In fact, like that's, I like Hangman. I put all this on Cole. I I was shocked to hear you were like, what? Insecure champion kind of sucks. I think that Adam Cole is just the guy who's out of place here. He lost the Wednesday Night War. Uh, He, it it just kind of felt like they just jammed him into this spot to give Hang, honestly, to give Hangman a win. Hey, we line up a villain for our babyface champ to get a victory over. Much like Moose versus Heath, Adam Cole was in the role of Heath. They wanted to make him look like that he looks like a champion by beating somebody because the last match he had, two of them he shouldn't have even won because Brian Nelson's superior wrestler to him. And the <laughs> other one was against a bigger guy who, again, we know he, we, everyone knew he wasn't going to win, but people were like, Lance Archer would be a better champion than Hank. No, no one says that. Lance Archer sucks. Like I, I know that you pretend to like Lance Archer, but you know Lance Archer sucks. You know Murderhawk Monster with his dumb reverse powerbomb sucks. Like it's especially Lance Hoyt dancing with Ron Killings is not our AEW champion. Hangman Page has had an awesome journey to get to this championship. He had his baby. That's cowboy shit. I have a cowboy shit shirt. I love Hangman Page. I never thought Brian Danielson, Mister, I ruined the WrestleMania main event so I can come here and made it better and and made it better, uh, so I could show up and so he ruined the story for WrestleMania. He really did. And now he's showing up here on AEW. He had a kick-ass match with Kenny Omega. His role was to make these AEW guys look more legitimate. And that's what he did. He made Hangman Page look really good in that match. Hangman deserved that victory 100%. I have no doubts. Like, you don't just get to show up and win our belt, you know. You don't, but at the same time, if somebody looks like they should be your champion, and you, (laughs) even though Tony got asked this five-year plan that he's making sure he does, we're only in year two still, or year three right now, that he's made sure this is the plan. We have to stick to it we can't detour from this five-year plan even if someone gets injured we have to just rush to it then okay your man got hurt we have to rush the story we have to keep hangman as champion until kenny gets back that's and then we'll that's go not on with true the year that's plan not that true have. at all so he's brought in he's daniel bryan he's brought in cm punk he's brought in guys that he didn't think he was going to bring in so i think that and have they won any titles no, they haven't won titles. And he's brought in has not won a single fucking title. Miro, won a, Miro won a title. So, yes, guys have come uh, in. And title was probably not his original Miro idea. won a belt. Jade Cargill won a belt they didn't have a plan for. So, yes, they. it's not like so, we're watching. The, we're not watching the event on the CW network where, oh, this whole thing's been written out already. We know what's going to happen. Cancel after said he has one. planned everything. That's the thing he says. He's planned it all. Yeah, Five-year plan. No, yeah, and that that could just be the company in general in the direction he's going in. That doesn't mean every single match is planned. I'm pretty I'm sure he doesn't know that Brandon Cutler is going to main event the next revolution, okay? He doesn't know that. It's just going to happen organically. You're saying that everything is like, oh, well, it's already booked. Like, no, that's not true. And, yeah, maybe the main event picture where you're like, well, here's the direction we want to go that we want to go. I don't think the hangman shit was rushed at all. If anything, it was delayed because he had that fucking baby. So, but, like, that, that makes no sense sense to me and i hope people are yelling at you as they listen to this i feel it's more again because of kenny being hurt he finally needed that time off so he can recover from his injuries that he's had all this time so he can come back to be the cleaner they had to like okay we have to just give hangman the belt now 
We didn't want to because we're not fully ready for it because Hangman, as we now have seen when he does try to talk, he doesn't really sound like a champion. What does that mean? What is, you, you like PCO. What do you mean what a champion sounds like? When you have somebody like Moose, like Roman, like Brock, three champions right there currently can out fucking work him in just promo skills. I don't know if that's true at all. Like Moose? Come on. Let's not pretend yes. that Moose is this great promo cutter. Like he's, the he wrestling has the, god is better than the cowboy. He has the lisp. And, and what what's so bad about a hangman promo? I don't know which promo you're talking. When he cut the cowboy shit promo about leaving to have the kid, that was a great promo. You're acting like that didn't happen. That was one good promo we had when he was a champion. Well, and you like Moose's promo. Is there anything you remember from since he's been champion? Any promo that really speaks to you after he won that title? Yeah. after Well, even the one with Adam Cole just now about him being the better Adam. That was a good promo. They, they, he's done. And when he was running the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man shit, that was fantastic. And even him talking when Dan Lambert was in his face, he's like, oh, having fucking 100 cattle isn't cowboy shit. Like what? What? What promo did he cut where you were like, "This guy sucks"? It was one of those promos where he's with Tony Schiavone and he. Oh just my god! Speaks. It's one of those bad ones with him holding the belt, thinking that he's a champion, and then gets. I think it was with Brian. Brian just out promoted him, showed him that he's just a fucking nobody who shouldn't be champion. Your favorite Moose promo. Your favorite Moose promo is when he's calling out Roman Reigns, which is like desperate. Yeah, you kind of suck. Like you won the Impact title, a title that was just like literally you were carrying around the TNA one, and all the fans were like, "That one's more important." I like that TNA one. Like, would you even buy a replica Impact title? Do you know what the Impact title even looks like? Like, it's just no. Moose is clearly so many notches below it's it's insane above hangman. what do you what do you mean uh to me he's above hangman and also you're Not bringing up close. the bruce promo is just mentioning roman no the moose promo mentioned everybody the elite he mentioned fucking yeah Biggie, and if, he's your champion the man becky lynch the queen charlotte the entire new day just anybody even kind of mentioning uh tessa yeah, but Not just pitch. but just bringing that up because it's desperate attention seeking. Like, hey, don't forget about me. These are other people that are really relevant. I uh, people have to explain who I am to people that fringe watch wrestling. You guys know Becky Lynch. You guys know Charlotte. Like, yeah, we do because they're they're more way more relevant and way more prevalent. Like, you won the Impact title. A title when people hear that Impact is still around, they're like surprised. Now, I love Impact. But I, I can't even compare. I, I would say, look, and just watch, rewatch the matches. Adam Culver's Hangman is clearly way better than Heath and Moose. And, like, Moose is doing good work for Impact. But if you, if, I bet if we, we put him in one of these other places, he wouldn't be as good as he is right now. He is the, he's a whale in a teardrop. If he went somewhere else, he'd be the smallest fish in a pond. And that's your perspective. To me, I feel that Moose is one of the best we have right now. Promo he's an amazing cutters? worker. Promo, he get because the list people think he's can't speak well, but I listened to his interview with uh your cousin and it was oh, really Oh, and good he had the fucking TV on? Fuck Moose. Yes, TV I was halfway Fuck on. Moose. Yes, had you that, just that made me realize Moose sucks dick. I can't believe he had the TV on during a, an interview on like FaceTime. What a fucking idiot. Listen, he didn't really care too much, but you got the motions. You got the emotion from him when he talked the details, but like him going from the NFL to impact and him wanting to make impact great again. 
Him, him go, yeah, his time in the NFL where he didn't take it seriously, he like never watched film. He admits how little he put into that. He admits how little he put into wrestling when he first got into it. And it just turned to like, hey, now I'm the champ. Like it took him years to finally give a shit about this. And he's just, yes, he's and he's just being, match. and he's just being the character that they're telling him to be. Hey, you're, you're big. You look imposing. Let's call out Roman. Let's call out Kenny. Like let's, let's make sure that people know you're a big deal. And and also he lost that fucking match to Rich Swan because of a roll up. Well, not just a roll up because also Moose was just so engrossed with like trying to hurt Rich Swan that he just didn't care. He kept on trying to spear Rich Swan those multiple times, but sadly there were chairs in there. He just didn't care. He wanted to keep trying and try again. And Rich Swan just kept on getting out of the way, and then he rolled him. And he still does so the flip. He still does a flip spear, which makes no sense. Like Bobby. Just like, yeah, I hate Bobby Spear. I hate both their Spears. Like They're the only guys that, like, I should tackle you and put all my body weight into this. No, I'm going to hit you with my arm into a clothesline, and I'm going to do a flip so it looks like I'm doing more shit. It's very PCO. That's the thing, though. It makes you look. It looks like it's a, an attraction. It looks special more than <laughs> just you just tackling them. It makes you look like you're doing more when you're not. Tackles hurt, all right? It's, I, I've been tackled, Gino. Did you ever play football, Gino? I did not. Oh, you would love it, dude. Football's great. Football's one of those sports where you really uh, test your metal. Me and Roman know we both played in the Canadian Football League. Oh, you play in the Canadian Football League. You see Moose play in the NFL. That's true. Moose has that leg up on us, although uh, he just kind of bounced around the league. How many actual in-game like reps did he get? That's a good question, but I don't know right now. Because I don't Other think wrestlers. he did, Gino. But another wrestler who has worked in the NFL as well. See, I'm doing my thing again. Mace worked in the NFL as well. Well, and where's he at? Because he's better than Moose. So I don't know That's why he's not getting true. a push. Let's see. We don't know. We got to go back to talking about Moose because Mace. Mace is a superior wrestler who should be world champion. He should dethrone Roman, not Brock. I would like to see Mace do more at least. It just seems strange that we have a large-bodied man who I've seen take bumps, so I know he can work. But we're, we put face paint on him and don't give him any – there's no direction there. If there was any sort of direction and I knew there was a, a plan, I could get behind it. But what they're doing with him is just so nothing. It it, it literally is nothing. He's not there. And then what they're doing with T-Bar – just having them still have those names is ridiculous. And before we go, Mustafa Ali, is he, what, what's what's this? Is he ever getting released? What's the plan? Uh, I, I, that's been something that I see – on the fringe, like during, uh, I think during Revolution, he had tweeted like someday or something. Like he was really excited at the thought that he might leave WWE eventually. Is he just, or is he on timeout? Is he like Adrian Neville? I think it's like WWE is keeping him under contract now despite him wanting to get released. So he's like, you're going to be here. We're going to keep paying you so you don't get out of here because you're going to be a martyr and be set up that anyone could ask for their release when we could give it to him. We're not going to. We're only going to release people when we have the budget cut reason to. Dolph Ziggler won the belt, dude. What? Yes. So did you watch this triple threat match? They advertised this thing pretty well. I at least knew a match was happening. Unfortunately for NXT, it didn't open with this match because I like kind of was like, oh, yeah, NXT's on. And then I saw like a women's tag, and I thought, nah, I'm good. Well, the NXT, the, what they're doing with the women's tag, I don't mind since it is the Dusty Cup. They're trying to set up for. <laughs> is it? I didn't even know that. 
And it's the Dusty Classic they're doing right now for the women's and the men's. So they're trying to figure out who's going to face Toxic Attraction, Extend, and Deliver. Yeah. Which is also going to happen the same night as night one of WrestleMania, which I don't know how they're going to do that because they're noon. two different venues. It's at noon. I love it. I think it's oh, a it great idea. Right. Yeah, I, I think WWE is kind of waking up to what I think I've been saying or what everyone's been saying. All these the entire weekend. These indie, indie shows. Yeah, these indie shows like, oh, you, you guys are all everyone's gonna be in Dallas Romania. Let's do all of our shows there too. Cause we'll get the like we'll get those WWE fans who don't give a shit about the Hall of Fame. They'll they'll wanna come to this. And I think it's a great idea. But also, yeah, it's uh like WWE realizes, no, they're all coming here for this weekend. Let's just fill up the whole weekend. Let's just, you're going to be so WWE'd out by the time this thing's over. Come Monday when we have Drew McIntyre in a tag team match main event, you're going to, you're going to forget it. So I, I love that. I think Stan and Deliver early, earlier in the day gives us all an excuse, especially here in Dallas. I might even go now to one of the things. So, cause I'm not going to Mania. It's like $800 to go. Yeah. Makes sense to not go to Mania, but maybe you'll go to SmackDown. Maybe you'll go to NXT, Stand Liver, or even an Indie. But NXT tonight was really good. I enjoyed the last man stand match we had with Waller and LA Knight too. That was really good. Yeah, I don't. I, my eyes have been open to LA Knight a little bit. I'm not. I'm, I'm just not on board. I, it really does. I don't know if it's the color scheme. Everything about Impact or Impact. Everything about NXT since I last watched it. It just. And I know that's what they're trying to do. It's the developmental brand. It really is. It really does feel like I'm watching either – it's like AAA baseball. You're either watching guys who are past their prime and they're just kind of in it, like an L.A. Knight or Dolph Ziggler at this point. And, or uh, Ciampa's still good. It's, it, the whole card isn't consistent. Oh, still good. You're saying Dolph's bad. Yeah, I'm just saying he's already past like his world title days, you know? I guess, but it's saying I'm a, I always am going to be a fan of Dolph. Oh, sure. And I love Bobby Roode. I'm like confused why Bobby Roode's not the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Like he should be the combined champ. So, I, like, I, I agree, but it's still, I don't know. This is NXT. It feels like I'm watching somebody fantasy. This is like me watching somebody play WWE 12. I could see that. It's weird to me. And also, we had this terrible story where like the Kree brothers got hurt so we had to have MSK fight Imperium because originally it was supposed to be uh, Imperium versus Kree brothers for the titles yeah Kree, and, I, and I don't and, and I don't one. like the look of the Creed brothers I don't I don't get it I'm not a big fan of Malcolm Bivens anyway I don't know it's just everything like certain stuff that they push that you really like I just think sucks and it feels very indie or very below indie like I'd rather watch indie then watch some of this stuff that they put out there. Like Creed Brothers, if you were telling me, hey, I have a Creed Brothers versus, say, MSK, or I have uh, Violent by Design versus Good Brothers. Dude, Violent by Design. If you said, I have I have the OGKs versus the Briscoes, I'd rather watch that. Like, the Creed Brothers just kind of suck. They, they're they still learning because they are very green, too. They're sure. just shoot wrestlers, so it's weird again their gimmick and Malcolm Bivis at least tries that character and I do like him because I've been a fan of him since he was Stokely and had MJF be his he was managing MJF yeah and yeah. Like, we had a whole story like uh, the Chucky T and Trent Brada kind of hate him but it's all work so it's weird to me like he is a good manager he's a good mouthpiece but yeah NXT is like make him too cartoony hey, Gunther Gunther is his name now he's in good shape but it's just 
And I know why his name is Gunther, because when he leaves WWE, he's going to go back to being Walter. So so they want everything he does on their soil to be Gunther. This is a new legacy you're making, which, which, because, yeah, we can't, we can't, we don't know the difference. So, yes, it's, it's very, very I I like Imperium still being together, even though I kind of miss Alexander Wolf when I see them. No, you don't kind of miss. We all miss. Yes, Alexander Wolf is really good, but I do, and I'm always going to be a fan of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel as a tag team. And, and Damo, we miss Damo. He belongs in this brand. That's the other issue is I just, a lot of guys got released and they thought, we have NXT level up, we have all this other talent coming in. I don't know, I kind of miss some of the old guys that didn't really, I miss Frankie Monet. I don't think she got a fair shake here in NXT, yeah. just NXT suffered the most out of all those cuts. I feel like the main roster. I don't feel like anything's changed. I miss Johnny Drip Drip, but other than that, everything else is kind of oh yeah. These were all the guys I saw all the time anyway. So now I'm watching NXT and I got to learn these new people. And Tiffany Stratton is not that hot. Let's settle down, Nathan Weller. Like there's I don't know. It's not a good show. Yeah, it's not as good, and that's the thing. We have Tiffany Stratton that people think is attractive, but then you have the actual attraction being that Anaconda chick. That's what we're talking about. See, I don't even know what that was. Who was on Nash Legend. That chick was like, her dad's a rock star, her mom was a groupie, and she's a free spirit. So you're just dropping things I've never even heard of, Gino. But this was wrestling. (laughs) This was wrestling. I'm going to start saying that all the time. This was wrestling. This was wrestling. What an amazing night it has been. Uh, I think we covered it all. I I really do. I don't think there's any more niche wrestling that could have been covered tonight. There is one thing I would like to bring up since you mentioned Johnny Drip Drip. Oh, since I did it. Since I brought it up. You did bring up Johnny. Gino segue. One little quick thing. Yes, it's my way of segue. We have Johnny Drip Drip is going to have a match at Bloodsport against Simon Gotch. What about Simon Gotch? Doesn't he suck? Like I remember when he left WWE, I kind of thought, what a what a missed opportunity. I liked the Vaude Villains. I thought, what an easy gimmick for a, a heel tag team. And then when he joined uh, our boys over at uh, Contra, I thought, okay, that's a good fit. But he got, I don't know, he, he wasn't, he didn't really fit them because it was like kind of crypt. It was creepy, you know, especially with uh, what's that guy's name, Samuel and. They were very, very creepy. Mads Kruger and uh, like the the villains they had were very villainous. And Simon Gotch kind of felt more and more like a cartoony villain as that group got more and more for real. Yeah, it wasn't really a good fit for him, but he is a really good technical wrestler. So him versus Johnny is going to be really good at Bloodsport. And one other quick aside involving Bloodsport is we are also getting Biff Busick showing up there to face John Moxley. Uh, what you should have led with that, Gino. That sounds awesome. Simon Gotch sucks. I was like, dude, that, Simon Gotch is not a good technical wrestler. But Biff Busick is a brawler. I love Biff Busick. This is a great match for him. Great opportunity. Bloodsport doesn't have ropes, though, right? I don't believe they have ropes normally. So, right. yes, we're going to have just a perfect match, just grappling and striking no, of John Moxley versus Biff Busick. How, we need ropes. I, I, how, do we, how do I call Josh Barnett and get ropes in this match? Well, who knows? we got to find a way to get a cotton with Josh Burnett to have a cage. How it just be like an MMA cage like he's used to? Yeah, well, we also need ropes, you know. We can have an MMA cage. I just need ropes. Do you need ropes and a cage. Gino, since you brought up ropes, uh, what an amazing night tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. I think we about covered it all. We went deep on AEW, on Impact. You're forgetting that it's the Briscoes' fault while they haven't, why they haven't fought FTR. 
There are several things that I hope I educated you on tonight because you educated me on plenty. So I appreciate our time together every time. And I think you and I are going to be back tomorrow for the whole fucking show immediately following Dynamite, the second best wrestling show in the world behind MLW Fusion Alpha. It's going to be a good time. Gino, are you going to be there? going to be there. I'm also going to be there for Azteca Underground, which is starting up soon. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think they said, like, uh, I forget when they announced it, but there was, like, a thing on YouTube that I saw today that was, like, premieres in. Uh, Josh Matthews said it. Premieres in this amount of time. I was really excited when I heard Josh Matthews. It's not really him, though. Thank you, Gino, so much for your time tonight. I promise all, man. You have a good night. (laughs) What did he call me? Thank you, Gino. You did it. That's all that matters is that we did it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, And, yes, I'll be back with Kevin tomorrow. The whole fucking show. Just like it's always been, my friends.